Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We hope our show will encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we'll talk about some things going on in our church, discuss the latest sermon, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend time praying for you. So let's get to it. All right, everyone. Great to be with you today. Another great show lined up for you. And how about this? Today marks our 30th episode. 30? That's right. That's right. Hard to believe you've been listening to the soothing tones of our voices. (laughs) Never mind. Yes, 30 episodes. Excited to to be a part of this uh, here on the Christ Community Podcast, but 30 episodes. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. It seems like we just got started a few weeks ago. Yeah, it does. Praise praise God. (laughs) Yeah, praise God indeed. But more importantly, uh, we're excited to celebrate Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all of you out there in listener land. Excited to celebrate God's birth, uh, the birth of Jesus here on this earth. Yes, Merry Christmas. We love all that this season brings, and we're especially looking forward to the remaining services we have as a church family to prepare to celebrate uh, the wonder of all wonders, mm, yeah. the gift of God's own Son, Jesus. I like that. Yeah, the prepare part. All of, Advent is about preparing. There's that yes. seed. It takes us a while, I think, as 21st century Americans to prepare for anything, because we're, you know, instant gratification society now. So this idea of taking four plus weeks to prepare for something is uh, significant, and I'm glad that that's what we get to do. So we have, what, two Christmas Eve services this year, one at 4 p.m., one at 6 p.m., going to be a busy day for for our family, Um, which reminds me, if any of our listeners are interested in volunteering for one of our services um, showing that servant's mentality that we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, there's still lots of ways you can serve. You can serve as a greeter or serve with kids' care, clean up afterward, lots of ways to uh, to get involved uh, this time of year. Let us Def- know. Definitely. You know, we said at the beginning that uh, th- this is a gift that is so radically generous mm-hmm. uh, that you you cannot receive it or him without um, it forever changing your life mm-hmm. and also calling mm-hmm. for a response. So we challenged um, ourselves and uh, all, all of our church uh, to respond to this uh, gift mm-hmm. by inviting. Mm-hmm. This is a gift too good to keep to ourselves. So we have cards. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to invite um, others also by serving and uh, there are many ways to serve, but two in particular that we still have available mm-hmm. with uh, greeters and with um, uh, children, uh, uh, caring for children, yep. and then to give, uh, display oh, yeah. the radical generosity of, of Jesus in response uh, to his gift. And then, of course, last of all, but not least by any means, to pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. But. Yeah. Invite is one of the easiest. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So pick up your invitation cards and uh, pass them out to friends, um, family, neighbors, uh, whoever you think might be interested, um, or even those that might not be interested. Pass it out. You never know what God's <laughs> going to do. I took one yesterday to uh, a local Chinese restaurant where where we frequent uh, to to pass out to a a friend that works there. 
but it must have been her day off and didn't see her, so I'm going to go back sometime and, and try again to give her an invitation card. Oh, great. Hey, when you do, make yeah. sure you get the uh, chicken and shrimp <laughs> with cashew nuts. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, all right. So, yes, it is Christmas time. Very exciting, but... Shortly thereafter is a new year. 2021 is right around the corner. Uh, there are jokes abounding for the year 2020. I'm sure everyone wants 2020 to be um, uh, in the books, although I don't know that the calendar change will change much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, new year coming. And I know you, Josiah, you have some big hopes and dreams uh, for our church in the next year. Uh, but let's talk about one thing that uh, we're going to be rolling out as a church here pretty soon. Yes, uh, Dave, one of the most important things and wonderful things in my own Christian experience mm-hmm. is to be in God's Word. Right. For God's Word uh, to renew my mind and heart, uh, to remind me of what's true and how I'm to live in light of that truth. And so we're going to seek to do something kind of cool that I know we haven't done in a while if we've done it, and that is for us uh, to, as a church uh, to be on the same page in a Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. So we're looking um, to roll out more details later, but um, a Bible reading plan that will take us through the Bible uh, that will be um, both uh, accessible uh, for all, but help us together to be having our hearts and minds transformed by God's Word. And uh, so I think looking forward to, to being able to do yeah. that. So why don't you uh, tell us the title? What's the, what's the name of this reading plan that you have in mind? Yes, Dave, great question. It is called the Discipleship Journal Reading Plan. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love about this plan, actually two things, it helps. it's helpful to kind of overcome some of the challenges that people face right. when they try to read through the Bible. One of them is, I think you've called it before, the mm-hmm. Leviticus Syndrome. That's right, yes. <laughs> like, they get to Leviticus, and they're like, uh, what in the <laughs> world? And kind of get stuck. Yeah. yeah. So to help overcome that, this actually has in different portions of Scripture mm-hmm. um, each day, um, but readable portions. So you're right. always in a place where there's some portion mm-hmm. of Scripture, this has been my own experience, where... Uh, God is powerfully speaking to you, even if you're in um, another challenging Mm -hmm. place in Scripture. The second is uh, that helps you overcome another obstacle, which is sometimes people get a little bit behind, and then they get discouraged and say, okay, I give up. So this has catch-up days that are built into this um, plan. So this is a plan that I've done several times, and it has... God has powerfully um, worked in in my life by being in His Word, and I'm excited yeah. for for us to be in God's Word together. Yeah, so. and this plan is put out by the Navigators, right? If it I'm is. Not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So go to wherever you download apps, and uh, download either the Logos app uh, or the U version app. And as a hint, if you don't know what any of that means, wherever you go to download apps, just type in the word Bible, and most likely the first choice will be the U version. And inside that app, you can uh, pick a reading plan and schedule it for the for the year. Same with the Logos app, um, you can pick different versions and um, and, a, and a Bible reading plan. But this discipleship uh, journal plan is inside those apps, and you can pick them, and then we will. Uh, um, do this together as a church. It'll be exciting. Yes. Let me just say before we move on, 
my wife and I, for mm-hmm. the first time this year, did the the same Bible reading oh, great. together, yeah. which was a wonderful experience. Now, we didn't talk about our scripture reading mm-hmm. every day, but there were several times that we did, and it was amazing how, as we're doing life together, we're right. also right. in the Word together, same portions of God's Word, and and so we're able to see what God was saying yeah. to to apply his truth to Yeah, that's to awesome. Lives, now so. multiply that by 50 or 100, 150, yes. 200 people doing the same thing uh, yes. throughout 2021, just in case 2020 repeats itself and gives us another rough <laughs> year in 2021, we need to be armed uh, with God's Word. So yes. yeah, we encourage everyone to do that. It'll be exciting. Like we said, more details coming out soon with links in the newsletter and things like that. Uh, if you need a, need a hand finding it, just let us know. So... Excited for that. All right, let's get to the sermon uh, from Sunday. Um, tell us, tell us about that. Where, what was uh, going on? It was the third Sunday of Advent. Yes, and um, we were in the Book of John, and that's all I can remember. Wow, <laughs> that must have been an effective sermon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have sermon notes. I don't have to remember. <laughs> but for <laughs> just kidding. For those that um, didn't get to hear it yet, give us a quick rundown of the sermon. Yes. Yeah, so. We continued in the Gospel of John, uh, picking up with verse uh, 6 through verse 13. After John has shown us, you need to go back to the beginning Mm -hmm. to really see Jesus for who he is and what he's done. John then uh, introduces to us the, the tragic and in some way terrifying reality that you can have... Um you can have true greatness um, uh, in your midst and be oblivious, mm. not recognize. So I started with the, the true story about Joshua Bell, mm-hmm. right, who was in Lafont Metro mm-hmm. Station and uh, playing his $3.5 million right. Stradivarius violin, and people, the crowds, were passing by oblivious, to yeah. who was in their midst, yeah. and to what um, they could be receiving. And John wants to help us avoid that, because to experience the life that Jesus offers, we need to recognize and receive him for who he is. That was a central thrust. And so... Let have, me interrupt you, because yeah. I, um, I liked that illustration in particular, because I've actually met Joshua Bell. I was at ah. a, I was at a uh, concert in Florida uh, during college, my college years, and, um, you know, you got these cheap tickets to, to concerts in the area because uh, we had to go to for, for classes. And I was a music major, so I went anyway and was a nerd that way. And uh, so yeah. I, Joshua Bell was playing, um, oh, goodness, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was a concerto of, of some kind, but I don't remember who wrote it. But anyway, afterward, he was, he was signing albums, you know, back when CDs were a thing. And yes. uh, so I had an album and I took it up to sign and uh, there was no line, and he was just standing there at a table by himself. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just go talk to him. And uh, so anyway, went up and talked to him, nice guy, and asked him some questions about about the, the, the piece of music that he was playing, and, and then moved on. I think I still have the album somewhere. But uh, yeah, fabulous violinist. I can't imagine seeing him on the on a street playing, especially at Stradivarius, and then um, not recognizing him. Yes. And yet, John tells us there's something even more mm-hmm. staggering is that many fail to recognize and so receive Jesus mm-hmm. for who mm-hmm. he is, one infinitely mm. greater than J- Joshua Bell. 
So what is needed so that we do recognize and receive Jesus for who he is? And that's what we sought to impact from John. What's needed is a faithful witness, a personal encounter, and a receptive heart. Hmm. That's good. I love this idea of a faithful witness because if ever there's a time to be a faithful witness, it's during Christmas, right? During Advent, opportunities abound everywhere. I mean, where else and when else can you see Jesus' name plastered all over society, right? I mean, there have been great efforts to remove Christ from Christmas, but uh, it's still everywhere. And even, um, you know, you say Merry Christmas to someone at the drive-thru, and and at least this year I've gotten a Merry Christmas in return every time, I think. Um, And so opportunities are indeed everywhere to be a faithful witness. Yes, absolutely. And so as we, so what, what is it that enables us to take advantage Mm -hmm. of those opportunities? And I suggest that we learn from John, two things are crucial. One, a personal knowledge of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Till we know him Mm -hmm. (laughs) for who he is, um, we, we, we won't really, uh, uh, we won't really have the second thing that's needed, and that's a passion mm-hmm. that others know him. Mm-hmm. Now, those are positively, I, I believe that's, I'm praying that even in the midst of this Advent season, we, as we're in the Gospel of John, we would come to a deeper and deeper knowledge of who Jesus is, all that he, he is for us. Mm-hmm. And that God would th- then be stirring up within us a greater passion that others know Him. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of mentioned it there, but what? Let me ask this: What is it that motivates us to be a faithful witness? Or, I guess, to turn that question on its head a little bit, um, what do you think keeps us from being a faithful witness? Uh, right. I yes. mean, it's kind of the reverse of the same thing. Why yes. do we? Why would we do this? Why would we yes. tell others? But then why do you think we want to tell others? Yes. Well, one thing that I suggested, and it's, we learned the opposite, uh, be, when we see what motivated John, we learned what sometimes, I think, uh, keeps us. And sometimes we'll say, I'm just afraid that I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. That's where I suggested that what's needed is not the—we're uh, uh, not called to be expert witnesses, although— Expert witnesses are important, mm-hmm. and there's a sense in which, as a pastor, I'm I'm more as expected of me, sure, uh, um, in terms of uh, of giving uh, expert witness, if you will. Mm-hmm. But what is most often what the Lord uses to draw people to a saving knowledge of Himself is that the witness of those who personally know mm-hmm. Him and know the reality of His work in their lives. So I think to state. Negatively, though, the one of the biggest impetuses I don't think is that we don't have expert knowledge. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's that we care more what people think about us than mm-hmm. we do what they think about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing about John was he did not care what people th- thought mm-hmm. of him. He's I'm just a, a voice crying in the wilderness. He. His aim was not that people be impressed uh, with who he was, but that they be impressed with who Jesus is. Right. And so, so he must increase, I must decrease mentality. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And the more that I, the more, and so even here, <laughs> positively then, 
the more that I'm impressed with Jesus, Mm -hmm. the more that I'm able to forget about myself Mm -hmm. and want others to know him, even if it it does involve a risk that may think, okay, he's he's not, uh, you you know, he's one of religious types or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it should be. Yeah, and I think that um, when we see Jesus for who he is, it does overcome our fears and overcome our weaknesses and all those things. Um, on the plus side, though, I don't want to mitigate the work that God has done because, um, so think about, think, think of it in terms of what God has do has done in our lives already, okay? So uh, perhaps some of us are the product of Christian homes, Christian families, covenant families that God's promises have continued on and and faithful parents witnessing and discipling, which is, which is awesome, you know? And, and then for those of us that have been blessed with children, we get to do that now too. And that's part of being a faithful witness is being passionate about, this is what Jesus has done. Uh, This is what he's done for me. And it's important to me that you as kids know this and discipling our own kids. Um, And then also living a lifestyle that, that, um, reflects Jesus to our loving our neighbors, those around yes. us, right? So all of these things are are pointed uh, are pointing toward Jesus and what he came to do. So it's one thing to to um, quarantine, <laughs> since that's the word of the year, quarantine witnessing and being a faithful witness to I must give you this gospel tract or I must uh, hand this invitation to you. That is part of it, and that's a big part of it, and we're pushing for that because that's very important. Right. But it doesn't mitigate the day-in, day-out faithful discipleship of Jesus, or, or being a disciple of Jesus and discipling uh, those around us that are closest to us, those that, with whom um, or by whom we've been given responsibility. Um, so I think it's both of these things. We're yes. grateful for what God has done. He's brought us to faith because of other faithful witnesses, whether it be families yes. or Sunday school teachers or whatever. Uh, and now, because of this, we can also have a, be a faithful witness to those around us, whether in our family or uh, strangers or whatever. Absolutely. And we talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but if you go on in John, uh, by no means does John want to belittle that just the ordinary witness mm-hmm. often... Christ using people who know and trust him right. to lead others who don't yet know and trust him, to introduce him to others who don't yet know and trust him. Uh, yeah. For example, Andrew to Peter mm-hmm. and uh, Philip to Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about that, that, that very thing. Um, it was this week or last week. I was reflecting on a friend of mine that's a missionary in the Philippines and, um, I was thinking about the gospel going forth in the Philippines. Um, imagine the disciples, if they were you know, with us today. Let's say they were teleported back from the first century and then suddenly here today. Man, they would probably just be scratching their heads thinking, wow, it happened. Yes. It worked. <laughs> you know, and we don't know what they're... I assume they're aware of the story up you know, in heaven and <laughs> what's going on and God building his kingdom and things like that. Um, but if if they just came uh, from wherever they were in, in first century and plopped into the into today's society and saw the gospel going forth in the Philippines and Papua New Guinea and um, uh, Asia and and Africa and then oh it actually reached America too it was unknown at the time they would just stand in awe look at what faithful witnesses did by the power of the Holy Spirit after Pentecost 
these gifts went out and built are building the church, and it's just amazing what God does through faithful witnesses. Amen. And we've experienced that. Mm-hmm. I know both of us. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, my parents, yeah. my dad particularly, had huge impact on my life because mm-hmm. I saw a reality sure. in his life. So this is this is it, this is what God has used um, throughout history. And for so many of us in our own lives. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. And so the, the challenge is be a faithful witness to what Jesus has done, whether it's to, to our kids, to our neighbors, to strangers. Just tell them. Tell them who Jesus is. Tell them how amazing he is and uh, see what the Spirit does. Amen. Next up, we want to spend a few moments in God's Word. The Word of God shapes us, it edifies us, it reveals Jesus to us. So we know that every word is crucial to listen to. Josiah, what passage will we be reading today? Dave, let's spend time focusing our hearts on what Jesus came into this world to do. Uh, We're going to read Galatians 4, uh, verses 3 through 7. Here is God's Word. In the same way... We also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What stands out to you today, Josiah, from from that text? Well, Dave, this is an amazing passage where Paul unpacks for us more of the privilege we talked about on Sunday, that we would be sons of God, Mm -hmm. not slaves, and what's astonishing elsewhere in Philippians, he'll talk about how Jesus comes in the, though he is the Son, uh, equal with the Father, he mm-hmm. comes in the form of a servant or the word for a slave, ultimately, so that he might take us who were, who were in uh, bondage and servitude and might make us sons and heirs mm-hmm. with the rights and privileges um, that belong to Jesus mm-hmm. as the uh, only begotten Son. Mm-hmm. Now, what's fascinating to me is if, if you look in John's uh, account, he distinguishes Jesus mm-hmm. uh, from uh, those who, through faith, are children of God, using uh, a word for Son in his gospel mm-hmm. account, his being the monogenes, the unique, one-of-a-kind, only Son, mm-hmm right? Equal with God in power and glory. And then he refers, uses another Greek word, techna, for Mm -hmm. children. Now, Paul uses different words, but with the same idea. So he shows how Jesus is that unique, eternal Son of God, and yet we are brought into the family to enjoy the same privileges and rights Mm -hmm. as adopted sons Mm -hmm. of God. And Paul uses the word sons here because in his time, son who was 
heir mm-hmm. um, of of everything, and this is the striking privilege that we, both male and female, mm-hmm. uh, Paul says just before this, through faith in Christ, um, receive the very privileges and rights mm-hmm. um, as Jesus um, because of what he has yeah. done for us. Amen. And I love how in Galatians, I think this this is kind of a hinge in the book of Galatians, this idea of sonship and adoption, because you know beforehand there's a lot of um, theology that Paul is arguing for, and then after this in Galatians, there's a lot of uh, practical things that he's arguing for, the, the hortatory section. And I think a, a lot of it hinges on our identity in Christ, because we are sons, yes. right? None of it would be... None of what Paul is saying would be possible if it weren't for sonship, being co-heirs with yes. Jesus. Because we have his righteousness, we are heirs with him, so that we don't need to fall back into the law, as he argued in the first part. Yes. And then in the last part, he argued for um, not being a slave and then being filled with the Spirit, right? Yes. So because of what we are in Christ, both of those things are possible. Yes. And the beautiful thing here that Paul points to is both an objective reality and a subjective experience. Mm-hmm. So because of what Christ has done, there is an objective reality. Those who are in Christ are really adopted sons. Mm-hmm. Everything that belongs to Jesus by nature is now ours by grace. Mm-hmm. That's an objective reality. And with that comes a subjective, wonderful experience. God, by His Spirit, testifies to our hearts that we are sons yeah. of God. We Amazing. cry, Abba, Amazing. Father. Yeah. It's not just subjective, mm-hmm. nor is it just objective. There's objective reality mm-hmm. that the Spirit testifies to so that we have the subjective experience. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I am a son of the living God. Right. He loves me Amazing. with the very same love with which he loves Jesus. Yeah. We could go on and on because this is one of those things that points to the validity of the Christian faith, which I know we got in depth last week regarding, but you know, no other religion po- could possibly combine uh, combine the objective and the subjective like Christianity does. There's this objective truth outside of us and there's this subjective or existential reality in uh, the Christian faith that uh, when combined just it makes it beautiful and more importantly, utterly plausible and real. Yes. Amen. As we close, we want to spend some time praying for you. We know that God works through prayer. It's one of His ordained means for accomplishing His will on this earth. So, Josiah, why don't you... Pray first, and then I'll close us in prayer. Gladly. Father Abba, we thank you for the objective truth of who Jesus is and what he has done and the, the right that we have through faith to be called children of God, sons of the living God. We pray that during this season of Advent, you would help us to see more of who Jesus is and what he's done so that we might revel in uh, the glory of who we are as adopted uh, children uh, of the Father. And may uh, that um, wonder so change and transform us 
So flood our uh, souls with a delight that out of an overflow, um, we would um, bear faithful witness, as we've been talking about, to Jesus, and that many would come to know him, come to know uh, this reality of God as Father and um, we ourselves as beloved children. Father, um, to echo what Josiah was saying, we just give you praise that we get to call you Father, Dad, this uh, Abba. Um, we thank you that you've given your spirit to us to, so that we know uh, this idea of sonship, this idea of being a child. Um, and um, we just thank you that we can come to you as uh, a loving, patient, kind Father, not some despot sitting on a throne where we, where we fear uh, approaching you, but because of the work of your Son, we have full access uh, as children. And so we're incredibly grateful that, for this reality and this truth. Um, forgive me, Father, for times I take it for granted and either don't pray or have little faith in prayer, um, but um, we just celebrate your grace uh, in our lives and thank you for um, choosing, choosing us, choosing to go to the cross to rescue us. Lord, we pray for those with whom we come in contact in the next uh, week, week and a half, as we have opportunities to share about Jesus. Um, Lord, whether it be family members, uh, our kids, or coworkers, um, people with whom we interact on a regular basis at gas stations and at restaurants and the gym, we just pray that um, we would be faithful witnesses, that we would be bold enough to tell them about Jesus, uh, bold enough to pass out invitations, um, confident enough, confident enough uh, in who Jesus is uh, to tell them who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, Father, help us not to be afraid. Help us not to be worried. Help us not to be uh, consumed with passion for a reputation that would prohibit us from being a faithful witness. But yes. let us be enamored with Jesus to the point where it gushes out into witness uh, uh, to other people. We thank you that we get this time of year to prepare for celebrating Jesus' birth. And we pray that we would do that in faithful ways and that we would do it in joyful ways despite what's going on in the world um, where there's very uh, uncertain things. Uh, we pray that you would grant peace and joy just as uh, you revealed when you came uh, many centuries ago. And we commit all this to you in the beloved name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we'd love to have you visit us on a Sunday morning. And join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless. <laughs>